brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Thank you for listening to Depictions Media Radio. Merci d'être ici, virtuellement ou en, ou en forme physique. Thank you for being here, virtually or in, in physical form. Euh, J'étais heureux de lancer le débat ce matin sur notre motion en réponse au message du Sénat à la Chambre sur C7, le projet de loi sur l'aide médicale à mourir. Je crois que notre réponse au Sénat est à la fois juste et réaliste, et j'attends impatiemment la suite des débats et surtout l'adoption de C7. J'avoue que je suis inquiet, surtout considérant que nous avons vu les conservateurs faire leur possible pour ralentir le projet de loi. On sait qu'ils ont essayé, de... on sait qu'ils n'ont pas essayé d'améliorer ces sept. Ils ont essayé de le bloquer carrément. I will admit that I have my concerns because of what we've seen before, delaying tactics by the conservatives. We know that they have not tried to make C7 better. They have tried to block it outright. This is not the time to relitigate old battles. Not with the Quebec Superior Court deadline looming, not with Canadians suffering while they wait for medical assistance and dying. J'espère que les députés québécois conservateurs vont nous soutenir. Ils comprennent l'importance du projet de loi pour la province de Québec et pour ses citoyens. Ils doivent exiger qu'Aaron O'Toole fasse preuve de leadership et, et soit rassembleur pour alléger les souffrances de ceux qui les subissent. Je répète, je répète une fois de plus ce que j'ai dit au mois de décembre. Si la décision du Québec prend des faits sans les protections offertes par ces sept, ce sera parce que Aaron O'Toole a permis aux membres de son caucus d'ignorer la volonté des Canadiens, des Québécois et des tribunaux. Conservative MPs in Quebec need to ask Aaron O'Toole to do what good leaders do, to bring people together in the interest of alleviating suffering. I will repeat what I said in December. If the Quebec ruling takes effect, without the precautions offered by C7, it will be because Aaron O'Toole allowed his caucus members to disregard the will of Canadians, of Quebecers, and of the courts. Je suis conscient que le temps presse. Nous avons l'opportunité de faire ce qu'il faut 
et nous ne pouvons ignorer les conséquences d'un échec. J'ai confiance que la Chambre fera son travail et que nos, nos mesures deviendront loi avant la date limite vendredi. Merci. Thank you. I'll take your questions. And we'll now take questions alternating between the phone line and the room. Uh, we have approximately 10 minutes. Nous allons maintenant prendre des questions en alternance entre la ligne téléphonique et la salle. Nous avons approximativement 10 minutes. It's one question, one follow-up. Une question, une question suivie. Operator, do we have a first question? Thank you. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. You may cancel your question at any time by pressing star 2. Our first question, Lina Zib, La Presse Canadienne. À vous la parole, please go ahead. Oui, bonjour, M. Lanetti. Vous dites que le temps presse. Euh, le débat, normalement, il s'arrête à 5h30 aujourd'hui. Est-ce que vous prévoyez le reprendre à un moment donné? Est-ce que vous avez une, une date précise pour le vote? Je laisse... Euh, merci merci d'abord, Mme Dib, pour la question. Je laisse euh, des questions... Euh, des telles questions euh, à, à mon leader dans la Chambre, mais je crois, euh, crois qu'on est ouvert à une prolongation du débat ce soir. Euh, nous avons une date limite euh, et il faut, euh, il faut respecter euh, la date limite. Euh, J'aimerais voir une un preuve de leadership de la part de M. O'Toole et de ne pas prolonger le débat en répétant les mêmes choses qu'ils avaient dit. Euh, quand le, le projet de loi était devant la Chambre la première fois, ils sont en train de répéter aujourd'hui ce qu'ils avaient dit au mois de décembre. Ça ne fait pas de bon sens. Euh, ce n'est pas nouveau. Euh, C'est le temps vraiment d'adopter euh, la motion et d'aller euh, de l'avant. Du fait que les, les bloqués sont déjà annoncés, donc ils vous appuient, donc vous, au moment du vote, en tout cas, vous n'aurez pas de problème et du fait que les néo-démocrates, eux, ne euh, veulent pas encore se prononcer. On a, on a bien travaillé avec l'opposition, au, au moins euh, pour l'instant avec le Bloc et avec l'NPD, euh, je dois dire. Euh, mais, euh, mais ce que le Bloc a compris, ce que nous avons compris, c'est très important d'aller de l'avant. C'est une pas important. On va procéder aux autres études après. On va régler d'autres questions euh, dans, les, dans les, les, les deux années à venir. Et, euh, mais c'est très important de passer euh, la motion euh, aussitôt que possible pour respecter la date limite. There's no question in the room, so we'll continue on the phone. Operator, next question. Thank you, merci. Our next question, Philippe Vincent Foisy, Radio-Canada. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Oui, bonjour, M. Lametti. J'ai une question sur le, le deux ans, la clause subsculaire de deux ans. Pourquoi faire passer ça d'un an et demi à deux ans? J'essaie de comprendre. Puis la personne qui m'a posé la question, pourquoi deux ans? Euh, euh, merci, M. Foisy, pour la question. Euh, nous avons toujours dit que la question des, des, des maladies mentales était une question très complexe, très difficile. C'était toujours prévu d'étudier de, de, de cette question euh, dans la prochaine étape. Ce que le, le Sénat euh, nous a suggéré dans leur amendement, c'était de le faire dans une période de 18 mois. On pense que c'est trop serré. D'abord, on veut avoir euh, une étude par des experts. On donne 12 mois pour le faire. On aura aussi l'étude parlementaire qu'on qu vient d'annoncer aujourd'hui, une autre en, en même temps, 12 mois. On veut donner une autre période pour que les parlementaires puissent agir avec un projet de loi, euh, avec le temps pour euh, écouter, 
pour étudier euh, qu'il faut. Donc, on pense que, que 24 mois, deux ans, c'est beaucoup plus raisonnable, beaucoup plus pragmatique et beaucoup plus réaliste que 18 mois. Euh, je vous écoute, là, j'ai l'impression qu'on ramène le débat partisan. Les conservateurs disent qu'il ne faut pas que ce soit partisan. Tout le monde dit, dans le fond, s'entend qu'on ne veut pas que ce soit partisan, mais dès qu'on vous entend, vous, comme les conservateurs, ça redevient hyper partisan. Ce n'est pas un peu votre rôle, comme ministre de la Justice, de, 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 de take the higher ground puis d'essayer de, 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 de ramener le débat à l'essentiel, qui est la substance, et non pas à des attaques partisanes? Euh, écoutez, c'est ce que j'ai essayé de faire dès le début et c'est ce que je suis en train de faire. Mais quand j'entends dans la Chambre des communes ce que j'ai entendu ce matin, les mêmes arguments qu'on a déjà eus, donnés, euh, fournis par des personnes qui veulent bloquer le tout, ils, ils ne veulent pas améliorer la loi. On est à une étape où la, la loi a déjà passé troisième lecture euh, dans, la, dans la Chambre des communes, le projet de loi. Ce n'est pas le cas qu'il voudrait améliorer la loi. Il voudrait, il voudrait bloquer le projet de loi. Et quand, quand j'entends des, 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 euh, des tels arguments comme c'est l'euthanasie, etc., ça, c'est vraiment... Euh, ce sont des arguments qui ne, ne sont pas, ne s'appliquent pas dans l'espèce. Et donc, malgré le fait que j'agis en bonne foi et que notre parti agit en bonne foi, qu'on travaille bien avec le Bloc, avec l'NPD, en bonne foi, quand j'entends des tels arguments, euh, vous pouvez comprendre que je dois prendre une position qui est un peu plus, euh, un peu plus euh, aiguë. Opératrice, prochaine question. Thank you, merci. Our next question, Catherine Cullen, CBC News. Your line is open. Hi there, Minister. Um, I want to touch on, I guess, a similar topic to the question you just got from Philippe Vincent, but I'd like to know, when it comes to the changes um, that you are now willing to make around allowing people with mental illness access to MAID, I wonder if just on a very fundamental level, you can explain to Canadians why you weren't willing to do this a year ago. A year ago, you thought it was a bridge too far. In fact, even when the legislation passed the House Commons, this wasn't on the table, and now you're willing to do it. Can you just explain the fundamental why? Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Ms. Collin, for the question. Uh, first of all, it, it, has, it has always been the case that we have never believed uh, or, or never wanted to stigmatize mental illness. Uh, and we understand, we understand uh, the seriousness of mental illness and, and, uh, and want to work with it. We have always said from the beginning, I have always said from the beginning, that this is an, a complex issue that, uh, we have, uh, that we have, what we believed would be best dealt with in the next step with the appropriate, appropriate levels of study. And that hasn't, that hasn't changed. Um, what has changed is we're working with the Senate. We're working with the Senate uh, as an institution that, as a government, we have reinvigorated. Uh, and we're working with them in good faith. They have come back with an amendment uh, and a fear with respect to mental illness uh, that we now have to respond to in a very real way. We are doing that. Uh, we have taken the proposed Senate amendment in the spirit in which it was given, and we're trying to work with it. What has happened, in effect, is that we haven't changed the ultimate position. I haven't changed my ultimate position, which is mental illness is an issue that is serious but best studied because of its complexity in the next step. That hasn't changed. What we've done is we've given it a time limit. 
the Senate asked for a shorter time limit. I've pushed back for a longer time limit, and, and, and our government uh, has agreed, and this is the motion we've put forward. So really all we've added is, in a sense, a time limit on the, the, the debate on mental illness. I have so many follow-up questions, Minister, um, but I, I, guess, I guess the one that comes to mind in light of what you have just said, um, you know, I would also love to know where you think this is going to end politically, given that the Conservatives obviously feel very strongly about this. Um, but what? But I, but I really want to tease on what you just said, is we, ju we only added a time limit, but, but they have advanced the argument today that you have made this something of a foregone conclusion, that by saying we're essentially we're going to get this done in the next two years, it's going to be a reality. And I'd, I'd most like to know what you say to that. Well, I think, I think the reality is that mental illness is a reality. I think the reality is the Supreme Court made a decision in Carter uh, that set the parameters for the debate. And we have said as a government all along that we were going to try to conform to uh, the principles set out uh, in the Carter decision. And that's what we're doing. It was always the case that mental illness was going to be considered. Uh, and, and it was always going to be the case that it was going to be taken seriously. That is still the case. Uh, that is where we are going. And I think, frankly, I think most Canadians understand that. Remember that mental illness right now uh, is being uh, is being treated as a criterion with 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 other criteria, and there are many many cases of comorbidity uh, with respect to mental illness and other uh, other factors uh, according to the uh, according to the medical standards that have been put in place. What we're discussing is the next step, which is whether mental illness uh, or how mental illness can be uh, can be treated as a single criterion. Um, that isn't that uh, that isn't uh, that many cases, but it's very important symbolically, and I think it is important uh, that that people realize that that this is evolving within the parameters that were defined by the Carter decision. And we have time for one last question on the phone, operator. Thank you, merci. Our next question, Jacques Gallant, Toronto Star. Please go ahead. Hi, Minister. On the issue of uh, made for mental illness and advance request. I'm wondering if you could explain why the government agreed to two years to come up with um, basically uh, guidelines for made with mental illness, but has decided that advance requests uh, should be studied at the parliamentary review and there is no set timeline for advance requests. Again, thank you, Mr. Gallant, for the question. We, we are responding again to the Senate. Uh, we do feel that this is a, a complex issue. Uh, it has always been the case since 2016 that, that we wanted advanced uh, requests to be uh, studied in, in the, the subsequent parliamentary uh, review. We had commissioned uh, work uh, in that regard. We also did an online uh, consultation this time around with uh, specific questions on advanced requests in that, uh, in that online questionnaire, and, and Canadians responded. Um, so it is, it is a complex issue. Uh, it will be studied as it needs to be studied, uh, and we will move forward uh, with that review as we have announced today. Thanks. And I just wanted to ask you then uh, a question about Bill C-22. There have been critics this week saying that the fact that the government doesn't repeat, hasn't repealed drug possession offences, uh, it, it um, doesn't help to combat systemic racism in the justice system as those offences still disproportionately impact Black and Indigenous people. So I just wanted to know if you had any response to that. 
Yeah, thank you again for that question. It's an important one. Uh, as I've stated on a number of, of different occasions now, the goal in this particular bill was to address the overrepresentation uh, of black and indigenous peoples in the criminal justice system. Uh, we feel we have done that. Part of that, uh, part of the, the bill that we have proposed, gives additional flexibility to prosecutors and, um, uh, and to police coupled with uh, the, the elimination of MMPs for, for drug offences, uh, to give them a certain flexibility to keep people out of the criminal justice system. That's a very pointed uh, response to the question of overrepresentation. There's a larger there's a larger discussion about decriminalization. It's true that this piece of legislation has the I would say the intended uh, positive consequence, larger positive consequence of allowing that, that same discretion to other people who don't happen to be black or don't happen to be indigenous uh, when they do have a, a problematic addiction or, or uh, other, uh, other instances where they, are, they, they would have been charged or would be charged with, uh, with a drug offense. But that wasn't the, the goal of the legislation. The goal of this legislation was not decriminalization. That's a larger question. It's an important question. It's a question that has to be discussed and debated uh, both, in, both in the public sphere and, and in any legislative sphere where, where it's applicable. And, and, and I, I think my colleagues and I have shown that we're open to that debate. Um, but, uh, but this wasn't the goal of this particular piece of legislation. And this is all the time we have. Thank you very much. Thank you. Merci. This show has been produced by Depictions Media. Please contact us at depictions.media for more information. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.